We do know this just into CNN. That is that the transponders of a Prigozhin-linked plane stopped, stopped transmission at 6.13 p.m. local time. This according to flight tracking data. CNN, we should note, has previously reported on this particular plane based on its transponder signal number. Planes send out these things so you know what the plane is, uh, which, according to CNN's reporting, has previously been linked to Prigozhin's companies. And that same plane had been used in the past to ferry Prigozhin from Rostov-on-Don, uh, which became the headquarters uh, for his attempted coup against Putin. You may remember it was that's where the tanks and the armored personnel carriers carrying his forces drove up towards Moscow on that day two months ago. Uh, that plane uh, that stopped transmitting at 6.13, and if that video is what it purports to be, shows when it stopped transmitting, is a plane that, uh, based on past movements, is one that uh, Prigozhin has used and flown on many times before. And this is key, very key. The data does not show a steep descent before the plane stopped transmitting data over that Russian region of Tver. I was in a sudden That's event. right. Sudden catastrophic event yeah. uh, is what it seems to indicate. And that matches the video that we just showed. That Where you there. see the yeah. plane falling out of the sky, it mm -hmm. appears, in what it appears to be the apparent demise of that plane. Listen, this is quite a moment at the top of the hour here. Again, if you're just joining, uh, CNN's reporting is that the Wagner boss, Prigozhin, who led a failed coup against Putin, was among the passengers on board that plane you see there falling to the ground in a cloud of smoke, uh, bursting into flames. Uh, four bodies already recovered from that wreckage. Russian state media reporting uh, that Prigozhin seen there broadcasting in a video just released two days ago uh, that he was on board that plane. A, a truly remarkable event among a series of remarkable events that, that we've covered on this broadcast and on this network in recent months, uh, including that day, two months ago when it looked like Prigozhin was carrying out the biggest challenge to Putin's leadership uh, since he took power. And now uh, that burning wreckage on the ground uh, that burning wreckage on the ground. I believe our Jill Doherty is, is also with us now. Jill Doherty, who has covered uh, Russia extensively through the years. Jill Doherty, tell us your reaction. You know as well as anyone that, that Putin has killed other rivals before, many of them, both inside Russian territory and outside Russian territory, with the proviso that we don't know for certain Prigozhin was on this plane. What is your reaction to seeing this news, as reported by state media? You know, it is shocking. Uh, however, I think it is predictable. Many people were predicting that it was just a matter of time, uh, not knowing exactly how it would happen. But Prigozhin had a rebellion against Putin. And no matter which way you slice it, uh, Putin does not forgive. And so I think this period of a couple of months where they were, were able, the Kremlin was able to dismantle Prigozhin's, uh, you know, industry that he had, which included troll farms and the Wagner uh, forces, etc. That is pretty much underway. Mm. So I think this was a good moment to say goodbye to him. Of course, we don't know, you know, details, but other people have died. I'm thinking of a, at least one person back in the 90s who died in a plane crash who was a very important political figure. So this is not rare. And it will be very, very interesting to see what happens to uh, Wagner, because the other report, although I, I haven't been in communication, so I don't know whether the second in command was killed as well, but that would give total control of mm. Wagner and its uh, work in Africa and many other places uh, back to Kremlin-supported people.
Yeah, very, very important point there. I think also we have to look at the context in which this is happening as we are still searching for some details here. What we do know at this point is that, uh, according to Russian state media, they're saying that he was on this plane. What we do know is that he was on the passenger list for this plane that appears to have crashed north of Moscow, Jill. But listen, in the last two months, exactly two months, since this uh, sort of mini coup that petered out since it happened, but obviously not something Vladimir Putin wanted, you've seen a purge of generals. We learned that General Surovikin, who, by the way, we haven't seen since that mutiny, we learned uh, just in recent hours that he's gotten the boot. And then this happens. I mean, there's, there are a series of things that have happened just here in recent hours that have been, uh, in an understated way, uh, unfortunate yeah. for enemies of Vladimir Putin. Mm-hmm. And at this point, you know, he's, I think Putin at, at this point is looking at how he can reorganize control of the army, control of security forces, because as we've been saying, even though they are holding the line with this um, counter uh, operation by the Ukrainians, they're still not doing very well. Their military is not doing very well. And there is a lot of criticism, not only from people, let's say, you know, on the outside who are criticizing this war, but people inside Russia who are really extreme and want the war to be waged even more brutally. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, I think it was Churchill who said, fighting under the rug, dogs fighting under the rug. And I think that's Mm. what we're saying. You don't know exactly where it's going, but you can certainly say that some people, at least one important person who was uh, a major figure and uh, not really controllable either. I would add that, you know, Prigozhin hasn't exactly been quiet on uh, social media since this happened. So he was, I think, a threat to Putin. Um, At least his message was a threat. And ultimately, this may be what happened, that Putin, we don't know, but that Putin got rid of him. As we've been saying, it is Russian state media reporting that Prigozhin was on the passenger list on this plane. We don't yet have confirmation that Prigozhin was on the plane. We do know this, that video of debris of that plane shows the plane engine and that a registration number on that engine, the last four digits, match that of a plane belonging to Prigozhin and that, as we mentioned earlier, CNN has tracked him using such a plane on prior trips in and around Russia. Again, uh, more information connecting that plane going down there, as you're seeing in the video, and then the wreckage of which will show momentarily there on fire. But that, that video coming into CNN shows a registration number on a jet there that matches information tied to a, a jet owned, not just owned and by Prigozhin, but one that he has traveled on before. That's right. And uh, let's get to Nick Peyton Walsh. I understand, Nick, you have some reaction from inside of Ukraine because the big question here is how is this going to shape the dynamics of this war? What are you hearing from your sources? 
Yeah, look, we've had a, a lower level official, I think it's fair to say, an advisor to the Interior Ministry, well known in the media, Anton Gedoshenko. But he has said if Prigozhin's death is confirmed, I think we'll be fairly certain Putin gave this order. He did not and was not going to forgive the humiliation by Prigozhin in June, referring to that failed mutiny uh, where they marched the Wagner tanks and vehicles on Moscow. He goes on to suggest that uh, Serovikin and perhaps uh, another Russian commander associated with Prigozhin might want to be sure that their, quote, earthly affairs are in order. Now, this is what you might expect to happen. Ukrainians seizing upon this moment, the possibility Prigozhin is dead, that we do not know at this stage to be the case. Uh, but it's important to point out that his role in the war here was significantly reduced after that mutiny, as indeed you might expect. He went against the Russian top brass and said you are not doing a good enough job in this and challenged Putin in ways that I think even Prigozhin didn't think he was doing when he started that move towards Rostov in the south up towards Moscow. Uh, and so Wagner since has been reduced from the front lines. Uh, Western officials have suggested indeed that their funding has begun to collapse. Putin was very open in the days afterwards how they've given essentially billions uh, to Prigozhin, the supposed secret, secret deniable Wagner group, to build their presence in Africa and indeed fight in some of the toughest places uh, on the Russian front lines in occupied Ukraine on behalf of Russia. Uh, but Western officials suggesting perhaps that the money had begun to dry up. So Wagner was beginning to look dishevelled. No uh, real better words than that to describe Yevgeny Prigozhin when he popped up on a video in Telegram in Africa just in the last 48 hours. He did not look particularly happy at all, but talked about potentially expanding Wagner's role in Africa. And so the thought had really been, well, maybe Prigozhin has out of favour, obviously, with the Kremlin. Maybe he has too much political currency for Putin to arrest him or take him out of circulation. Maybe he's being allowed to keep going on a lower level clearly with his wings clipped, perhaps because of the failure of that rebellion. Maybe his men are being moved to Belarus. Well, Belarus's president was never that welcoming, frankly. I think also NATO uh, neighbours of Belarus deeply concerned at the potential of Wagner being there. And so the sudden arrival uh, of Prigozhin again in Africa perhaps explained maybe that might have been the get out for Putin exile in Africa for Prigozhin, but that doesn't really fit with the Putin that we know, massively weakened by that armed rebellion. Make no mistake, he has not suddenly recovered. He's been on the PR offensive since then, desperately trying to claw back that image as the infallible strongman, utterly shattered by what Prigozhin did. And so it would have been odd, frankly, for long-term observers of the Kremlin to see Prigozhin continue in public life, healthy, essentially untouched by that extraordinary decision to challenge Putin in the most overt challenge he'd seen since he came yeah. to power in 1999. Uh, and so, yes, what we're hearing today is in keeping with what we know Putin is about, but we know so little, really, about who was really on that plane and where Prigozhin is now. And as I said before, Jim, if I was Prigozhin now, I would not be popping up in public anytime soon to tell everybody where I am and that I'm safe.